You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today, we have a caller. I love when people call in. I know a lot of people prefer to text or email, and that's fine. We will take it, but we get to listen to our voicemail. I grew up in a legalistic Baptist church from my middle childhood all the way through, you know, my 20s. Anyway, my question is about separation. They taught, you know, separation, you just stay away from wrong people, wrong things, wrong habits, wrong, you know, and it was like a list of do's and don'ts. And of course, they had scripture to back it up. But I just always battle. I mean, I'm 60 years old now, and I'm just like full of questions right now and just rethinking everything that I believe. And and I don't want to think legalistic, and I don't want to be judgmental. And I want to try to quit earning God's approval because I kind of go back to that. But I mean, I am a believer. I became a believer. I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was like 12. You know, I've listened to Galatians book by book, and that was wonderful. And I've listened to that actually a few times, and that was really a helpful. But I'm having such a hard time, re uh, I forget what you say, recalibrate my thinking. You know, I don't want to live by a, just do's and don'ts, which, you know, there are things that I don't do. For instance, drinking, they always just plainly taught in my legalistic Baptist church, you know, you don't ever drink. To this day, I mean, I have tried wine and all that stuff, but I don't really like it anyway. So it's like, eh, what's the big deal, you know? But there are things that I do and I don't do because of my conscience sake or because maybe it, it doesn't help my Christian life or it offends my, you know, whoever my circle of... Okay, well, she got cut off because there is a time limit on how long you can leave a message on our voicemail, but we can see where she's going, right? So, Dad, let's talk about legalism, separatism, earning God's approval, being judgmental, how to reframe the Christian life from living by a set of rules, et cetera, et cetera. All right. First of all, I love her question, and I love the way she says it, rethinking. Number one, there is a doctrine of separation. She mentions this in her question, Hannah, where she talked about the legalistic church she grew up in, uh-huh. that they taught separation. And I don't know how far to go with this, but a couple of observations. Number one, in 2 Corinthians chapter six seventeen, we read, therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Uh-huh. Do not touch what is unclean. And there is a segment of Baptists and other churches that were separatistic. Uh-huh. And if we go way back in time, the congregational churches, when they came from the Church of England, they separated from the Church of England, and they they didn't want the national church telling them what to do. And so these seeds of separation were sown in, in some respects, they were good, but it turned into something like don't drink, don't smoke, King James only. You know, you don't play cards. Uh-huh. And then more and more were added on. I visited a church a few years ago where a friend of mine was preaching. I walked in. I was the only man without a tie. Oh. And all the women had dresses. Interesting. And I thought, okay, this church has got some separatistic uh-huh. issues. They're separate from the culture. So it's still out there. And maybe that's the kind of church she grew up in. That verse, and there's others, kind of sound like, hey, come out and be separate. Yeah. Don't be like the world. Right. Well, they'll push it into don't be like other Christians who don't do these things. Mm, okay. There's a lot going on here. And the context of that verse comes from Isaiah 52. It's about the 
Israelites being in Babylonian captivity and influence and the idolatry and the impurity of Babylon was a mess. And this is directed to the priests. You purify themselves because you're going to carry the tools. In fact, the next part of the verse Paul didn't quote, go out from their midst of her, purify yourself, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. So the context was about the priests being pure. Okay, so let's just get that for the record. Now, recently I was teaching through Philippians, and I made the comment, nothing you have ever done, nothing you will ever do, will make God love you more or less. Yeah. And that was unsettling to some people. Because it's hardwired in the Western mind, if I do good, if then theology, if I do this, then God. Now, illustration, pendulum. The pendulum swings from legalism to liberty to licentiousness. Okay. Not perfect, just an illustration. My working definition of legalism is any system of do's and don'ts that you think by adhering, you're a better Christian. That's problematic enough. It's a lot worse when we impose those on other people in a smug way. We fold their arms, go, well, they drink, they smoke, they watch R-rated movies, they do whatever. And we can discuss what, you know, is and isn't good, but that's the pendulum. Legalism, do's and don'ts, liberty, yeah, licentiousness, I can do whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 14 is a passage that one of those passages I read years ago that just hit me like two bricks. And this is about when God establishes a place for worship that you get to go annually and worship him. And listen to this explanation. He talks about if it's too far where the Lord your God has set up his name to travel, you're supposed to take like a goat or a lamb and sacrifice mm-hmm. it or an offering, mm-hmm. a tithe. If it's too far. And so let me pick it up in verse twenty. Three to set the framework, you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name, the tithe for your grain, the new wine, your oil, the firstborn of your herd and flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God. If the distance is so great, you're not able to bring the tithe since the place where your God chooses is too far away, etc. Verse 25, exchange it for money, bind the money in your hand, go to the place the Lord your God chooses. You may spend the money for whatever your heart desires, oxen or sheep, wine, strong drink, whatever your heart desires. And there you shall eat it in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice you and all your household. So scripture lists wine and strong drink, and there's probably beer and wine because they didn't have distilled alcohols. But the point was, this was a celebration. Yeah. It wasn't drunkenness, it wasn't excess, it was celebration. Boaz, and many times the phrase marry with wine, Mm -hmm. is a celebration. God gave us this thing. Drunkenness is a sin, period. But is a glass of wine a sin? I think the scripture teaches contrary because it's saying there, no, celebrate to whatever your heart desires, it Mm -hmm. says, and there you enjoy it. So this is a stumbling issue and an offense issue. The next layer, very quickly, is the stronger, weaker brother discussion. And if you were to read Romans 14, verse 13 and 20 and 22, we read about stumbling blocks and we read about offenses, that we don't want to cause someone to stumble or be an offense. Not to get too detailed in less than 10 minutes, but a stumbling block is to cause somebody to sin. An offense is just basically to tick them off. Okay. So if you see a Christian in a restaurant drinking a martini and you're mad, 
That's your problem. Yeah. If you see a Christian drinking a martini and you go, oh, they're drinking a martini. I can drink martinis and get drunk. That's you've caused someone to stumble. Got it. It's a nuance, but it's that's what the Bible says. Okay. So let's be very careful. I had a friend years ago that called them doubtful areas. Huh. And he said, if it's doubtful, don't do it. I thought, that's just a hybrid form of legalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because what's doubtful? Yeah. And if we were to read this verse in Romans chapter, and I will go ahead and turn to there real quickly. But that is kind of like the mom advice that you quote often that yeah. she used to say to her teenage boys about like... If you have to think about it more than once, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly what Paul's saying here in this passage in Romans 14. The stronger, weaker brother has always been fascinating to me because I'm convinced the weaker brother thinks he's the stronger brother almost every time. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so the end of chapter 14, we read this cryptic phrase. I'll read 22. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. So if it's okay for me to have a glass of wine, then I condemn myself because I go, wait a minute. And then he says this, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Paul's telling us there, and that's where the doubt can be helpful. If you, if you're, oh, I don't know if I should do this or not, then don't do it. Right. Have a clear conscience. It's, but if you're it's free in Christ to know I'm not getting drunk, I'm going to have a glass of wine with my wife on my anniversary, then enjoy it there before the Lord. Drunkenness is sin. Having a glass of wine is not. I know a lot of people can disagree with me on that. That's okay. But I think this is the art of being in the body of Christ, not being offensive, yeah. not causing people to stumble. Yeah. And it's hard if we grew up one way. Yeah. I mean, if we grew up, it's always wrong. It's really hard. I, am I sinning if I do that? Then then don't do it. If it really pains you, if you're free, caution with your freedom. Don't be licentious with your freedom. Mm -hmm. So I think a question that a lot of people struggle with, and I think it's the heart of this, is, you know, say I have been raised my whole life probably very subtly. I'm not saying I personally, but a lot of us have been raised in a church where we have subtly been taught, if I do this, God will do this, or I need to live by these set of prescribed rules in order to be in favor with God. Or, you know, just even when I think about my fellowship with the Lord or, or how my spiritual journey is going, whatever, it really comes back to me and what I am doing. How do we get out of that? The moral will of God is clear. There are do's and don'ts that are clear. Do not hear me saying you do whatever you want, because sin is sin. Right. So we are to obey. Faithful obedience is the key to the Christian life. Trust and obey. There's no other way. That said, these so-called gray or doubtful areas, why does Paul talk about this in Romans chapter 14? It was an issue then. Because they're it's struggling with now. it. Yeah. So the way we're raised, our preconceptions. I think legalism is a safe harbor for people because it gives them comfort they're doing the right thing. The problem is I judge somebody else because they're not doing it the way I'm doing it. Right. That's where it becomes real insidious. The retraining of the mind in Romans 12, that's what it's about. You know, think not as you think, but think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Renew your mind, he says. Change your mindset. I love that Christianity is a thinking faith. It's not just a you know blind faith, do what the Bible says. There's grace, there's latitude. We all sin. 
consistently inconsistent. When we sin, we keep short accounts, God willing. And as we grow, hopefully certain things lose their grip on us. But I think it is hardwired. Parenting, shame is a huge part of the Western problem. Your own shame, self-shame, adult shame, parent shame, your husband or wife shames you, your employer shames you. It's a terrible thing. You got to live above it. You got to live by faith. And again, I'm not big on the still small voice, but back to Dottie Britton, if you got to think twice about it and it bugs you, stay away. Yeah. Stay away. There's no downside in not doing something. Right. But be prudent that you don't judge someone else because they do. Now, there's another boundary. If my brother's getting drunk, he's drinking too much, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, friend, you know, one beer was enough at dinner for you. Yeah. One glass of wine was enough. Yeah. When you had two and three, you started getting sloppy in your speech. Yeah. You lost yeah. control. Yeah. You got a little raucous. And as a friend, that's not good to be out of control. So. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info's in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. You can find more shows and biblical resources at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.